0: Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the number one leading source for audiobooks online. You already, not the number two. It's not number two, not number five. It's number one and number three and number four in audiobooks. And you know how they work because you're listening to a podcast. And that's pretty much an audiobook in a certain sense, I guess. Of sort. Yeah. So... You go to audible.com, you can get a 30-day free trial if you use the code. (laughs) And you can get uh, one one of of my favorite books that I'm listening to right now is Star Wars Bloodline by Claudia Gray. It's read by January Lavoie. And you can get that with your free 30-day trial at audible.com. So go there today. Let them know that the Natural Habitat podcast sent you. And start enjoying your free audiobook now. Do it now. Mm-hmm. So we got a special guest in the house today. It is Boom. Tuesday, Tuesday interviews day, and we have Ill Text. What? Mm-hmm. He is a uh, he is a rapper. He is a producer, and he is also an actor. So we're going to talk about all of those things different assets of his career and his life aspects is what i meant to say and not assets i'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about his All assets right. or his or his jugs or anything like that we're going to be talking about aspects of his career so let's get into that before i say anything else ridiculous the podcast
1: Podcast. The Natural Habitat Podcast.
0: Hello, boys and girls. It's what? a beautiful day here in California. Thank you for tuning in to the Natural Habitat Podcast. My name is Mikey Buya.
1: My name is
0: Braille. Braille. Is your name in Braille or is your name Braille?
1: I don't know. Yeah,
0: see if find out. All right. Well, <laughs> that doesn't matter. What does matter is Hollywood nights because we are living in Hollywood nights right now. This is a rare occasion when we are recording an episode oh, of the shit. podcast at nighttime. What? Something we don't do. I think, it, I think Bats Week started rubbing off on us and we got nocturnal. And yeah. now, now here we are. Uh, Good thing. So, we have a special guest in the house today. But before we get to him, we have him on hold. Um, I found out recently <laughs> that MTV. You know the channel MTV. No, it's a channel on television. They show um, you know a lot of reality TV show, a lot of uh, I want to say like maybe Keeping Up with the Kardashians real-world reruns of uh, of, of uh, Fifth Wheel, that old dating show, you know, shit like that. Never heard of it. Back in the day, they used to play music. It used to be called music television. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, music television, and they used to play music videos all the time. They used to have yeah. TRL. They used to have music news on the eights, you know, eight minutes to the hour and shit with Kurt Loder, all that shit. Well, I found out that MTV turned 30 uh, just recently. It's, it actually just turned 35 because uh, its 30th anniversary was in 2011, and they did not celebrate their 30th anniversary. What? So what happened was... Wait, what year? This was 2011. So when they turned uh, 20 huh. in 2001, they hosted an entire day of nostalgia, which included a 12-hour special... They had uh, a whole Limp Biscuit fucking live thing, a three-hour concert, and then on the 25th anniversary, they reproduced the entire first hour of the MTV programming as a special on their website so you could go and see the first hour of ever MTV broadcasts. That's not how you say that. Mix those words around and make them make sense. But in 2011... The station had already gotten so far away from music and shit that they didn't want to break up their scheduled programming to do anything about their anniversary. So they just skipped it, and they don't care at all. They don't give a fuck. They don't even care about their birthday.
1: You're corporate, bro. What do you expect?
0: See, myself, I'm turning 30 this month. So what kind of faith is that supposed to give me as a 30-year-old?
1: I'm going to tell you what kind of faith. (laughs)
0: Lay it on me.
1: Actually I'm gonna save it.
0: It's okay. <laughs> well, either way, uh shame on you, MTV.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a bummer for us that actually grew up with that. You're right. It is kind of a bummer. Yeah. It is kind of a let down. Um, but none of us are really intact with that shit anymore. Yeah, I'm not.
0: Everything evolves, you know? so
1: Yeah, I mean like, you know, look at hey,
0: there's YouTube we're going to be now. corporate
1: one day. We're going to be a corporate podcast one day. I'm wearing we're going to take over the world.
0: I'm wearing a suit right now on this Hollywood night.
1: we fucking seen the future, if you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's
1: But anyways, so, yeah, I, I get it. Fuck.
0: Yeah, it just uh, it reminded me of it because our guest today, we were, watching, uh, we were watching some of the videos that they have on YouTube of – the pilots for their TV series. Uh, it's called What's Good or What's Good.
1: Yeah, that shit is what's good.
0: Yeah, that shit is fucking off the hook. I highly recommend it. There's going to be links for it in the description. So check it out. But, uh, you know, the style that they have and, uh, you know, all the colors that they wear, it really reminded me of that old yep. MTV Splash old logo. School. So, you know, it reminded me of it, and I just wanted to shame MTV real quick before we got into this. <laughs> so uh That's what's up. so you ready um let me think about it you know what i'm gonna answer that for you we're not ready because we gotta have a smoke sesh no <laughs> did uh what? did we have a smoke sesh with him in the future that we haven't recorded yet no we didn't so you're right you yeah. gotta do it you know what it just needs to be done it's one of those corporate things that corporate no. makes us do they're like look guys this we is no longer this is no longer a pleasure thing where you're getting high and having fun. You do this for work now, so you need to smoke your mandatory, mandatory, mandatory weeds. That's what they said. I heard it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got I got the perfect song to smoke to you. All right. I'm going to go ahead and cue it up. Everybody out there, feel free to smoke with us. Flick your bics. Snap your pics. Hashtag them. NHP smoke sesh. Me, uh, I if I to, was a
1: if I was an alien, that would be the dance I'd do. It'd <laughs> be the it'd be the probe dance,
0: the finger probe dance, where you you look like you're uh like you're John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, kind of just all high on heroin, fucking swinging around. <laughs> <laughs> <I reckon. laughs> one a, sure one of the greatest one of the greatest dance scenes in cinema, hands down, I in know. my in my opinion. It's dope. Uh, Not bad. All right, let's see if Ill Text is still on the line.
1: Probably. All
0: right, I need to take a breath though. That dab got me. <sighs>
1: all right, let's do all it. Right.
0: All right, we have Ill Text on the line. Can you hear me, my friend?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Thank you Yo. for taking the time out of your day to come on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, so, for people uh, that, man, uh, it's
2: my pleasure. Thank you for having me
0: yeah absolutely uh you you recently have a, have linked up with my co-host joey here and you've been working together on some stuff and uh i heard um i heard a song that you guys have been putting together called foolishness and yes
2: sir yes sir
0: that was my that that was my first introduction to you so um for people that are unfamiliar with you why don't you uh give like a little introduction of what it is that you do
2: all right nice well uh my name is Ill Text and I'm the owner of Trap a Lot Records, Trap a Lot Mafia, and it's now Trap a Lot Unlimited. Um, I've also been a member of Zula Nation and Temple of Hip Hop for a bunch of years and just been like a beat maker and an MC for about 20 years. Used to do graffiti. And now I mostly just run this label on SoundCloud with a bunch of different affiliates. I work with the Helen Network. And the Tree Tribe, and I Am So High Records, and I have a couple different production crews and rap crews, and I just like to wear a lot of hats and work on a lot of different music things as much as possible.
1: Nice. So it sounds like you're pretty um, spread out, like you've got all the bases covered, and it sounds like you've been um, been doing this for a while. How long have you like been in the game?
2: Yeah, well I turned forty years young this year and I've been rapping for like twenty two years. Been probably making beats for fifteen. Um so, been running Trap A lot records for almost coming up on six years this year on SoundCloud.
1: Yeah. And Congrats, man. You know, these are um, these are the type of accolades that give everybody hope, you know, like this is is super commendable for you to still be like doing your thing, you know what I mean? It gives me hope and it gives everybody hope, I'm sure, because like I've been trying to tell everybody the same thing. It's never too late to do what you want to do.
0: Yeah. and, And the way that everything is now, it's all online. You could build your own community. You could build your own following. There's no need for the old school record deals and shit. You've
1: been doing it forever and same with all of us, you know, like people like us that just never gave up you know what I mean? It shows that it's all worth it.
2: Yeah, man. I, I, I really believe this. Like, hip-hop, especially, and, you know, for years now, dubstep and EDM and trap is just, like, in my heart. And, like, if I wake up in the morning and I decide not to look at music or listen to music or work on music today, then I'm, like, I'm not on the path. I'm, like, going the wrong way that I've not intended to go. Yeah. So I just, like wake up some days and it's hard, it's struggle. It's like, yeah. a, I'm old and I haven't broken all the way out and I haven't had a number one single. I don't have a track out on Mad Decent. But like, you know, I just, I keep studying music. I'm a student and I'm always looking at new things and I find pieces of music that always inspire me to keep me going.
0: uh uh-huh. that's done, yeah, that's legit, and it, man.
2: And you know, it really all came from samples originally. <laughs> Like me and Locks were talking this morning. He was like, yeah, man, uh, my first beat ever made was the Godfather sample and I made it in five minutes. Yeah, and it was so dope. Like, I was just like excited to see that. And I completely understand where he's coming from. It's yeah,
1: like, he used to fucking flip samples like the best of them. Dope, um, he dope. was like, that was his thing back in the day. And that's just like another testament to how the game is constantly evolving. Right. Like no matter where you start. Or like what is your inspiration or whatnot, you you are gonna evolve into where you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like yeah. look at Lox is a perfect example. He started out making um, sample type beats, like very like East Coast style beats, like you couldn't fucking tell the difference. And honestly he was doing it better than some at a really young age, at like nineteen or some shit, and he was fucking killing it and then now he evolved all the way into synth and like a hundred percent, um, original electronic scores and shit, you know? So it's like, it's a, it's just, you never know where the game's going to take you. You know what I mean? It's really all about a feeling. And like, if you're able to like evolve and change with it, you're always going to stay like semi relevant, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool.
0: So do you have, do you have something, a piece from, from your childhood, something that you remember hearing or seeing, for me it was 2 live crew my sister put me on a 2 live crew and that got me into hip hop and birthed this whole thing and was uh was there something like that for you
2: yeah I mean, there was it was uh the first generation of MTV Kurt Loder mm-hmm. those folks like neon colors the crazy big M splashing yeah. and then Run DMC on um, and yeah. the Beastie Boys so yeah. it was uh, fight for your right to party, and walk this way.
0: That's dope. And those yeah.
2: tr- those tracks were just like I was like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> like why why does it give me this different feeling than other music? Yeah. I mean, at that point, I was listening to like Prince and Madonna and Peter Gabriel and Genesis uh-huh. and like all these dope '80s bands that I thought were the all- shit at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. All classic. But these
2: those. The Run DMC and Beastie Boys gave me a feeling that was way beyond. It was like a spine tingle. Yeah. And so at the time I didn't have money. I went to the store, I boosted both cassettes and popped it in my Sony Walkman. And I just like played those over and over. And like really fast, my other music started to kind of sidestep. And I started like, all right, well, where is hip hop before this? So I, I started digging in and boosting all sorts of tapes uh-huh. epmd and eric b and rock and yeah. all sorts of sh- older shit that I was like you know what, what are these guys doing on this mercedes with these bucket hats <laughs> back to business what is this album you know picking up old shit
0: <laughs> yeah and
1: that's
0: funny and and so like you know birth then like all that curiosity
2: those tapes really started to just inspire me and then I just became a head. It was it was over. have done. So how yeah.
0: how long was it uh, before between the time that you were introduced to it and the time that you started creating music yourself? And did you start writing? Did you start making beats? What was what was your first uh, you know your introduction into behind the scenes of the hip hop community?
2: Well, it first started with graffiti art when I was like nine, uh-huh. and I'm a little crew. <coughs> we were we were. We were tagging and doing like quick throw-ups like two or three color throw-ups and drinking crazy mountain dew and skateboarding and just running around and shit yeah and i was listening to like naughty by nature and like that like rap city kind of era of hip-hop when it really started to get dope like from like when the mayor was running it and like when after umdv raps had kind of faded a little bit but rap city was like bet was still holding it down and
1: yeah
2: i was listening to like cypress hill a lot of cypress hill and at that point nobody really knew cypress hill i was living in upstate new york and people were like this guy sounds like a mouse with that nasal bubble. yeah <laughs> yeah they were like, this is shit and i'm like this is the next shit you all are get to recognize and then boom it was like all over mtv and all these places and red man came out on the cover of high times and like weed culture definitely permeated into hip hop in this epic way that I saw come in from the ground.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So from a from an east coast standpoint who was the first west coast artist like widely accepted over there? I mean for me it was Ice Cube. For yeah. sure
2: like okay. Ice Cube just like America's most wanted that yeah. album like really changed things for me and it was like and it was I, almost too go ahead.
1: i think he always like showed love to the east coast too
2: he did and he and he like did collabs with east coast artists and really tried to bring it around i feel like on some level and he was super dope with the samples and crazy militant and hard as fuck. and it was just like my mom would freak out when i was listening to it it was that kind <laughs> of music that was just like
1: Hell yeah. What the fuck? Oh yeah. yeah, that's always something I'm curious about because it's the opposite over here, you know? Like, the first type of East Coast shit that you find out here, like, everything is very, um, there's a wall, you know what I mean? Like, you, you love West Coast shit or you don't, you know? You love East Coast shit or you don't, you know what I mean? And out here... It was very, like, one-sided growing up, but then once you, like, start to form your own likes and shit, then you start to find these other things. And for me, the first thing was Gangstar. First thing I really, like, um, attracted to was definitely Gangstar and DJ Premier. And that really, like, set the East Coast tone for me.
2: That's that's interesting that you're saying that, because for me, like, so I started doing graffiti at 9, and then I started freestyling it about, like, 13 or 14, like 40 ounces of Old English, Phillies blunts on the corner. My parents moved me from Boston to New York at that age and dropped me basically into the ghetto without even knowing where they were moving. My dad got a scholarship to Cornell University, and I was esteemed... Prestigious school in this small little town in upstate New York, and the, the house is beautiful, but the neighborhood was just shit. Yeah. yeah. And so at a very young age, I was like inundated into this ghetto culture, and it was like hip hop and freestyling and drinking 40s on the corner and <laughs> real and shit. So, it, so I just, you know, I, I maybe just I, I started learning all the lyrics to all the, the songs and all the tapes I had. And like Redman, Das Effects, those were ones that I was really like, I need to know all the words on these tapes. These are like epic lyricists, and I need to know these. So I just sit in the basement and tap my hands on the counter and try to follow the beat and just try to learn all the words.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And then one day, the somebody else's words turned into my own words, and I spit out like four or five lines. And I was just like, okay, that was not somebody else's track. And so then I just started looking for instrumentals, trying to find anything I could, tapes or vinyl with an instrumental single on it. At that point, there was I didn't have a computer. Yeah, was no it internet. was hard. There was there was no way for me to get it unless I bought the single at the cassette store. Yeah, that was and really that the point, only way. And at that point, there wasn't even any CDs. So it was, and I didn't have turntables. My dad did have a record player, but he was very like you can't touch my record player. You're going to scratch on it. You're going to ruin it. You can't touch it. But, uh, yeah, just, I started freestyling on the corner with the homies and just like, I'd spit a few bars, I spit a few bars, and spit a few bars. And then I'd go, come in with half a verse. And then I would, I came in at one point and just spit like 32 bars and just everybody went crazy and they what it's full coming <laughs> out, and that was that was that first feeling, and I was yeah. just like, okay, this this is what I'm doing. This, it's this
1: contagious. Is it's super infectious, and you definitely like feed off of the feeling in the room or or wherever you're at at the time. It's it's super contagious. I think that was like the one of the most important parts for me too was coming up is freestyling because that sets the tone of like how you're going to be a rapper if you're going to be a real rapper, you know? I mean, like, a lot of people can write and rap too, but, I mean, like, if you can freestyle, you're a real rapper, you know? I think it I was, agree. like, important.
2: I would agree. And some people don't think they need to have those stripes in their in their repertoire, and they're, they're okay with that. But, like, for me, I freestyle for probably 11 years before I ever wrote anything at all. Yeah. That was just... That was how it was it was just yeah. like cypher cypher i had like two other homies that i used to rap with all the time and one of them was always around so me and him were always kicking shit. yeah and then i was always kicking shit in the car on the way to work and
1: everywhere point, every I, day
2: but right, at that point i had some of the homies piece together a couple of beat tapes for me of like instrumentals from vinyl recorded to cassette and then i had like you know four or five beat tapes and so I just rocked those until the, the wheels on the tape fell off.
1: Yeah. So when do you think like, you got serious about it and um, started like chasing, like making music?
2: I mean, it was, it was back in my hometown in Ithaca, New York, is when I really first started. Uh, me and my homie Seth, same name as me, who went to Cornell University, me and him started a group called The Chosen Few. And it was fuse and ill text. And we scammed our way in with Ith- Ithaca College. Somehow with somebody that was taking a music class. <laughs> and we recorded like a demo, like a three-track demo. Dope, yeah. that's
0: some ninja shit.
2: Yeah.
0: It, 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 it was some in. ninja shit. And I don't even remember how, how we did
2: it. And I was still in awe hey, like after it was done. You I gotta do,
0: like, You got to do what you got to do to get it done.
2: That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. all about the ninja route. That was one of my things growing up is I was always so high driving around that I was extra paranoid. So I would always drive these like back road ninja routes. And yeah. I'd always be like 20 minutes late coming to people's houses and shit. And they'd be like, yeah. what happened? I was like, oh, I had to, had to take the ninja route. Yeah. Sorry, man. 12s every. everywhere. And at least uh, either, I'd, either I got here 20 minutes later, I didn't get here at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Shit. Yeah, but if you don't if you don't pull the ninja shit sometimes, then you don't make these steps and experience these things. And sometimes you get arrested if you don't take the ninja route and you take the main road. That's no good. That's
2: that's <laughs> it. And and, there, and in upstate New York at that point, there were checkpoints that they'd pull people over and like check for registration and insurance and is your reg, is your inspection sticker good in the window. And at that point, if you've been chiefing in the car for six years, you're probably <laughs> going to be in trouble. Yeah, There yeah. was, there was one, one time where I got pulled into one of those and I was far enough back in the roadblock that I was able to spin around and get away. Oh shit! Because they had so many, so many people stopped. Mm-hmm. But I was like smoking in the car when I got <laughs> stopped in this. So yeah. I'm like, Luckily, there was 30 cars ahead of me. So I just like slipped out.
0: That's how it always happens. And I'm I'm the same way. And let me ask you this honestly. Have you learned your lesson? Because I have not.
2: Well I still I still smoke in the car all the time. (laughs) Here's the thing, bros I live in Florida now. Yeah. And like super conservative. And there's a lots of old people and the cops are kind of dicks. Yeah. And it's a million degrees. And like I don't know i don't i don't have the wherewithal out here to smoke like i used to like driving around Mm -hmm. i was just in cali for my boy's birthday in oakland like three weeks ago and like i love the feeling of like rolling up a huge bob marley and driving down the street and smoking it Uh without worrying at all love that feeling and my friends in cali do that very much And when i'm out there it happens like that
0: yeah we kind of take a medical medical
2: license and that kind of stuff
0: yeah, we take it for granted here.
2: Right. But out here, I don't even really go out in public and smoke. I'm, like, kind of conservative. I don't know. It's it's weird. Got to adapt to your environment. Mm-hmm. Do they yeah, own- I still like to smoke and at the house and shit. I usually wait. I usually caffeinate really hard and work on music for a couple hours and then eat a, like, a healthy lunch and then start to get my drink on in the middle you know 5 or 6 o'clock and then smoke at like 7 is like my my lifestyle these days
0: yeah it's a good <laughs> it's a good formula yeah no, but like
2: recently i've been waking up way too early i don't like that shit so i've been smoking at like 6 a.m. yeah recently like like 3 or 4 days in a row and that happened again today and i didn't go back to sleep because all these things started popping and it was good it f- i felt
1: in the flow nice yeah that's good. You know, it's a it's a crazy um, thing that that you come from such a hip hop background and then ended up doing electronic shit.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, basically, what happened for me is I heard Game Face and Hoochie, those two producers, and I was just like, "So this sounds like an instrumental hip hop track, but it's not." But what it's is it? not. It's a little
1: different. Yeah
2: it's a little different it's a little heavier on the bass it's a little more rugged it's it's got something different going Mm -hmm. and so i started studying those artists in particular and like it just opened up the world of trap
1: for me yeah and then the rest just sucks you in from there (laughs) well yeah i i have like a few
2: crews uh my me and my blood cousin william we started a crew called the street composers like 14 years ago or something like that. And um, then that crew changed over to the name Crunk Sauce Villains as the years went through. Mm-hmm. And we produced a lot of like doo sample trap music. Mm-hmm. And like that me and him together kind of really studied that hoochie kind of simplistic eloquence is what I would call hoochie style. Uh-huh. yeah it's very it's it's like it's really simple but it's really dope and it grabs you but there's not much to it
0: like that yeah, like the um, dr dre of edm
2: <laughs> dr dre of edm i would like i like that speaking of dr dre like you know like i said that ice cube really grabbed me well original nwa stuff grabbed me you know around the same time i i didn't find stuff in the right order because i was young and on the east coast and didn't have any references uh uh-huh. but i, I found it, the, the NWA stuff, and then when the chronic dropped, is when I felt this kind of merger between East and West Coast because everybody on the East Coast with subwoofers in their trunk was bumping the Dre album.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: I'm sure they that shit pounded
2: ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. And it was like all these East Coast fools that was definitely Mob, Deep, Gangstar, Wu Tang doing this. Yeah. And bumping this, this heavy 808. <laughs> whistles and shit, man. It's like, what the fuck? So funny. Yeah. stacked up 40 ounces in the fridge with Snoop Dogg in the video.
1: Snoop's so hard. I,
2: re- I remember playing craps in the kitchen, and me and my homies had just spent 100 bucks on 22s of Old English. Because they were 99 cents at the little liquor store yeah. right around the corner in the hood. And I was, I felt so G in the kitchen smoking some mids or even track <laughs> at that point. Sicking swag. And, <laughs> and 22 ounces of old English. We were like, hell yeah, boy.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Plenty of craps games in my childhood.
2: Yeah, it's funny, man craps in the back and mario kart four player in the front
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's like, a competition huh? it was
2: a com- it was a competition and i usually got smacked in mario kart so i'd play more craps and these boys would be stoked and i'd be like yeah i just won money what did you guys do hurt your thumbs
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah grow up
2: grow up babies <laughs> But uh, I don't know how much time we have. I had a couple things things I wanted to tap in on. I got a couple minutes here. Yeah, yeah go it. ahead. All right. So um, right now I'm working on an album with Cali Boy. You guys know Cali Boy? Yeah. And I got a, an album with him called A Scraper and a Hustle that's pretty much done that I'm about to drop soon. So I wanted to shout him out in that project.
1: Nice. So- yeah, he's done. We need to get him on the show, too. Yeah, man, he's around, and he
2: just moved back to the Bay, and he's just got himself resituated. He's been a little out of touch, but I'm sure he's bound to do I know he was where,
1: where? was he? At? He was in Atlanta or like somewhere like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, he went to Atlanta because he had some troubles where he was at in the Bay, and his wife's mom was out there, and then it never really panned out for him in Atlanta, even though he tried really damn hard to make it go, and he ended up back in the Bay. So I think he's starting starting to get his groove back up yeah yeah that's it's good like news a, so that's that
0: so when is uh do you have like a release date or any sort of expected time for that
2: well you know i i had i had it all set up and then this other producer that i was working with out of um los angeles his name is ham on the low and we were going to collaborate on a couple tracks and kind of put it together with tracks he had done with cali boy and that seemed to fall apart a little bit because ham was way too busy so I'm I'm re- reformulating the release. I think I'm gonna drop it on Dat Piff as a free record, and then we're gonna do at least one video for YouTube for the for the album. Nice. So that's it's 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 done. It's eleven tracks, all produced by me. It's got uh, a couple of his homies from the bay, Mac Jules and Aki Aki on the record. It's definitely a, a hard hood trap album with a Bay Area kind of vallejo feel
0: nice dope very cool so is this is this gonna be uh is this gonna be released on your your label
2: well it's it's probably gonna be under trap a lot i i don't really i don't really have that exactly figured out yet unless somebody else wants to help me put it out Mm -hmm. um i'm doing a and r for a new label it's called the hella network out of the bay and they have a new page called the hella rap page so I just started doing A and R for them, and this track that I did with Joey, the Foolishness track, is supposed to be for that page. I'm still waiting for my dude Jeremy to approve it. He's been hella busy, but uh, hella. hella. The hella rap page is hella new,
0: <laughs> so we're hella
2: trying to stack up some hella tracks. no well, That's what's, uh, let us we'll know, get hella let, them.
0: Let us know when it comes out, and we'll hella promote it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hello. I appreciate that. And Mikey, you're you got one of my beats, right? From when I sent for Joey for a track?
1: Well, um no, not yet. I'm going to have you make him one specifically.
0: Okay. If if you would be if you would be down to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, what's what kind of
2: style are you looking for, bro?
0: Um I like uh I like the real like simple kind of like west west coast kind of feel and um you know more like on the darker side I okay like, to, like
2: all uh, i all i all i need is a reference of yeah like, we'll, uh, you know, we'll like rent shit like what are
1: you what are you we'll, thinking we'll throw you some examples after the show yeah that sounds good man all right
0: cool yeah we'll um, figure it out but uh when when that actually brings me to when did you start actually uh producing music because You know you you talked about how you got into freestyling and writing and stuff but what actually got you into producing
2: right so i i got really inspired by producers like havoc dj premier pete rock lord finesse showbiz and ag that's like where i first got inspired so i started crate digging couple years maybe two or three years before i started making beats it was like i started to formulate it it was like i was like the next the next step is i need beats Uh and i don't i don't want to be rapping on other people's beats i don't want to do everybody else's beats so i purchased an mpc 2000 xl and i tried to make beats on it and me and the the machine didn't interface and I had a couple <laughs> people teach me and I tried to read this 700,000 page manual and I made a couple of shoddy beats. And I was just like, not feeling it. I don't know. This is, this is not It's all a little trimming with the spinning of the wheel and all that shit. It was just like, this is not fluid. Uh-huh. So my homie was like, well, I got this program reason. It's pretty Thanks. simple. I can show you how to do it. I can give you a copy for free and install it on your computer and i was like i'd just gotten my first computer which is like a dell home computer bought it for 100 bucks on craigslist it was like used from some office company nice and pristine condition no no viruses or anything big old box
0: (laughs) no porn allowed
2: (laughs) and uh so i just i had a bunch of samples i had a bunch of records and a bunch of cds stacked up so i started just Throwing them into Reason and figuring out how to loop them, and Reason at that point didn't have any time stretching capabilities, so you basically and there was no BPM counters, so I had to by ear find the loops and like move up and down with the tempo until I found the right loop, and that was daunting. Sometimes it would work really well, sometimes it wouldn't work at all, and that's pretty much how I started started doing that, and then snapping samples from records i didn't have any kits there was no drum kits Mm
1: -hmm. there
2: was no like here's a snare and kick kit There was like well you got you can you could take this one from right here this james brown break from over there so i started just chopping up snares and kicks from everywhere and building like my own drum
0: kit so it's safe to say that that you pretty much taught yourself how to do everything
2: pretty much i had a couple homies give me reason and show me how to loop a sample and here's the drum machine
0: and then just kind of dove in and
2: kind of dove in and yeah at that point there was a little group that i was part of i can't even remember the name of these with these fools in san francisco um but the name of the band turned into the survivalist project eventually and the the kid jd in the group he was the producer At the time, and there was this other kid, Morph, who was the other MC. And JD was making all the beats. And in like three weeks, I had just like surpassed him on the production game. And they were like,
1: Well, you're the producer of the band now. And I was like, Okay,
2: well, shit, I'm down for it. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, um, different programs attract different people, different machines, different, you know, it's, and not everything's for everybody. I know a lot of people that really rock out on those machines and then uh, maybe not be so good at the program. And then I know a lot of program ninjas that could just like do, 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 two seconds fucking knock everything out on the track. You know what I mean? And it's like really nothing for them. So it's like, you know, I think, I think everybody gravitates towards like, what's good for them. You know what I mean? Like, you know what attracts you and, and, and it, you work towards whatever your path is. Like I said, everybody, everybody's path is different.
2: And with the MPC, I couldn't see anything. You know what I'm saying? It's this little tiny screen, and it's little black and white, and yeah, it just I couldn't visualize it right. So like with with reason, it put it in the box and I could see it on the screen. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this makes a lot more sense. And then, from reason, years and years of being annoyed that I couldn't do certain things and then getting my cousin to start making beats on fruity loops. Yeah. I quick, t- quick taught myself how to make a beat on Fruity Loops and then taught my cousin how to make beats on Fruity Loops and found that Fruity Loops had way more capabilities, super dope time stretching and all these effects and shit that Reason didn't have. And I'm like, but like this program sucks. So <laughs> many, there's so many people say that it sucks. You know what I'm saying? There was like, Dude, no. Fruity Loops is whack, bro. Fruity Loops is whack. And then Ninth Wonder came out and crushed the whole game with Fruity Loops, and like showed all these boom bap producers that you can really get nasty in the box. And then Respect for Fruity Loops came up a whole
1: nother level. Yeah, And no, he was
2: co-signing it.
1: It's still up there too. Um, like well, a lot of big producers use
2: it. Well, and it is, and and I'm still in the same place that I was years ago. Is I know how to make beats in Fruity Loops, but it's not fluid for me. I, it doesn't. I get lost because there's all these sub windows and all the effects windows stay open and I just get annoyed yeah. so through that through that process of reason and Fruity Loops and my cousin I discovered Ableton Live and I hacked at Ableton Live for two years before I fully found out how to like work it well and do time stretching and do all this stuff and about two years into fucking with it I was like Alright, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna delete reason off my computer and never go back.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> trash, gone.
1: Ableton's legit
2: though. And I was scared. I was scared to be honest. I was definitely shaking in my shoes that I was gonna get lost or and but it was it's definitely been the most amazing path. And Appleton is legit all the way around.
1: Yeah.
2: From DJing to beat making to mastering and mixing and recording vocals. I do everything all in the same program, and you can't beat that. There's nothing yeah, that people legit. can tell me that would make me want to go someplace else. Yeah, I've tried Logic, and it's too techy for me. And Cubase, I don't really know about the layout.
1: Yeah, you got to kind of know what,
0: them. Yeah, that's what, you what
1: you uh, what's I I don't produce. I just rap, so I don't focus with anything. I, uh, what, are you, what are you recording? Oh, I just recording. Uh, yeah, that's a It's I'm not funny. It. It's
0: funny that you <laughs> ask because I I I dabble in production a little bit in Fruity Loops and mess around, but I record this podcast with old programs that I used from my childhood when I first got a computer and started recording in like a home studio. I use Audacity and Acoustica and okay nice those are my main you know i use audacity to record it that's a simple recorder and it'll do all the noise cancellation and all the background stuff all my compression anything like that and then do all of the mixing in uh acoustica and then i do like a final mastering in fruity loops so all these programs are free you know i went out got them on the internet I've had them for years and years, and I use them because I know how to use them. And it's not the best program, but I get a good sound out of it. So it's all about what you're comfortable with, you know?
2: Yeah. I I feel that 100%. You're probably, Uh,
0: you're the only person I've had on here that I could say that to and actually be like, shut the, not be like, shut the fuck up, Mikey. I don't understand (laughs) what you're talking about.
2: (laughs) Well, the, the, uh, I remember we started recording music in Cool Edit Pro.
0: Yeah. That's another one that I
2: which which became adobe audition
0: mm-hmm. later
2: on basically adobe bought them out and changed the name and cleaned up the look of the program but like i don't know it's dope we, we never had a we didn't have an interface at that point we were recording like in through the mini microphone jack yeah, yeah. and like you know <laughs> we we got it done it was it was it was hood and the program was free Back in the day, me and my homies were—we always called our shit twenty-five cent studios, because it was all thrown <laughs> together from pieces we could find and yeah. different shit and free programs and yeah. microphones from the flea market, and but, we made decent music. Yeah, almost if, nothing.
0: If you know how to mu- if you know how to use it, and if you have that passion, you know what I mean. Just from this short time that I've talked with you, like I can tell that you have that like raw passion for hip hop. That same kind of passion that I have, that a lot of people have. That It really doesn't matter, you know, what happens with the music. It matters that you're making music and that you're contributing to something that you love. And, you know, that really comes through with a lot of things that you make. And I think that, uh, I think that, you know, fucking, um, I was getting at a point and I got too high. But <laughs> so,
2: you good, good? Smoke again? Smoke again? Yeah. I was gonna take it. Should we take a smoke break? Yeah. Like, <laughs> hell, I gotta pull another What do you guys yeah. like to drink? You guys, uh, craft beer heads. You guys like uh, Hennessy? What do you guys like to sip on?
1: We don't drink actually.
0: Yeah.
2: No drinking
1: at all.
0: No. No, I drink. I drink maybe once a year.
1: I don't drink at. Uh,
0: and when I do man. drink, I'll, I'll drink a Newcastle.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. I drink uh, marijuana concentrates. Yeah. That's my that's my drink. It's a smoke. <laughs> nice. Have you
2: guys ever heard of chakawaska?
1: No. Um, no. But it sounds
2: right, awesome. So, so I have a buddy up in the Bay Area who's homie of a homie who makes this drink called chakawaska.
0: Dang. So does and it have a, does it have anything to do with ayahuasca?
2: No, it does not. Okay. It's a it's an herb it's an herbal infused basically chocolate hemp milk, and they have a bunch of different flavors. Dang. And it comes in like this little milk bottle and it awesome. it's super smooth like this chocolate milkshake you keep it in the fridge and it just it's good it like it hits you like much nicer than edibles oh yeah. Yeah. have you guys had this tree lean
1: no oh, but i want to yeah.
2: actually i heard it was good me too I, I follow them on instagram and i think it's a cool idea to be able yeah. to have this it's mixer awesome. that i can just sip on and get nice without having to smoke or yeah. Like if I'm in a place where I want to smoke, but I can't because it smells like Indonesia, oh yeah, I it, could just pull out free lean, pour it into my favorite soda, yeah you know?
0: <laughs> that's what i've I've it's had awesome. one uh I've had one that we have around here locally called canaline. and it's okay. it, it's essentially the same thing, and uh the bottle is like some ridiculous like six thousand milligrams or something like that, so it's literally like you know a cap full is gonna be the same as eating a two hundred milligram chocolate bar and you just pour it into whatever you're drinking, drink it, and that shit fucks you up beyond belief. <laughs> to where it's like, no, yeah, I've never been as high as I was when I was drinking that shit. And that's a true statement. That? I'm that's not just good. exaggerating. That's the, that's the way it should be. People are always like, I was never that high in my life before. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that that was the highest I've ever been, for real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> so, to canaline. Yeah. So so
2: while while we're talking about super high, have you guys ever tripped off of marijuana? No. Uh, Never I've
1: happened. had like a fucking panic attack from like a fucking too like big tri- like, like of like was actually way. the first dab.
2: Not, 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 not tripping like a panic attack, tripping like psychedelic rainbow colors. No, not at all. No. So, so you,
1: always
2: he, you always hear that marijuana is psychoactive and is that kind of thing. Yeah. You can catch it. So... I was in this place where like i I was I was partying way too hard, I needed to chill. So I took like six months off from everything. Uh-huh. and I just like posted and meditated and cleansed and drank a bunch of green smoothies. And then yeah a the fest- the festival in my hometown called the Grassroots Festival in Ithaca, New York happened, and it's like reggae and hip hop and rock and roll, and it's a camp out all weekend. And it's right near harvest time and a bunch of people in Tompkins County, New York and Ithaca grow like number 12 outdoor on, on a, um, cannabis list or something. Uh And so I went to the festival and I ran into like all the homies and I, I, in like two hours, I smoked like 30 times or something. Yeah. And I, I like, I had to sit down. Yeah. Because I'm so zooted, right? Yeah. So I like, it's just getting dark and I come up out of the tent that I'm in and the whole world paused for this quick second and everything went crystal rainbow kaleidoscope, slow motion and like tilted and I I was stuck standing and I like slipped down onto like this camping chair and literally tripped like I was on L for 45 minutes.
0: Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. I know what happened. You smoked thirty times with all these different people at a grassroots music festival. You smoked something that was laced, one hundred percent.
2: Yeah, <laughs> not, in, not in this case because these were all my friends, and it I was, was complete... fucking salvia. No, I'm telling you, sort it was of like not that
0: angel dust or something. No,
2: I'm, we're just because <laughs> no, no, no. it came because I came down quick enough. If it was
1: angel dust. I would have been dusted yeah. like the whole night. Yeah, no, that's a chip, man. I, I, I've always heard that it was possible, but I heard that it was supposed to be through edibles.
0: Yeah, because when you when you eat it and it gets processed by your liver, it's 16 times more psychoactive than when you smoke it. Yeah. So, well, my
2: experience with ed- with too much edibles is you just go to sleep.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: mine sleep. too. Mine too. That's like,
0: awesome.
2: I had, this, I had this experience where it was Tribe Called Quest and Daylaw, and they were playing at Ithaca College, and me and my homie made a tray of brownies, and they were... Really strong. It was like quarter pound of dirt weed or something in there. And that's like you're eating a brick of weed. <laughs> ser- seriously. And like we we our intention was to eat one brownie, right? But like somehow me and my homie and his girlfriend finished half the tray. So like two ounces for three people of 30 pounds. Uh-huh. And like we were going to the concert and we were feeling so good. And then the next thing I remember is I'm. Um, with my head falling back over in the balcony past. I wake up looking at the person behind me and I'm like dazed. And I look over the balcony and we had seats separated because the show was sold out. And my boy was in the lower box and he was passed out too. And I just remember laughing at him and De La on the stage and then passing out again. And then like <laughs> somebody slapped me two hours later, like bro, you missed the show. What happened? That's fucking
0: awesome. Yep. You got to be careful, yep. man.
2: That's awesome. Edibles are intense,
1: They'll so definitely ruin your day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh,
1: hey, you got to fight it though. That's how you get the trip. Yeah. If you can fight and stay awake, it's like same thing. Like you pop an Ambien and like stay NyQu- awake,
0: or like Nyquil.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to fight that to stay awake. But I can't fight it. I just melt, melt then, right in. <laughs> then it gets weird. I feel you, man. I feel you. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, before, but before we started this, uh, Joey and I were watching some videos on YouTube. That uh, that you and another dude have been doing. It's a, it's what what is this? Explain it to us. It's a TV show or a, like a web right, series. So, it,
2: so it's so this is how it started. So I have uh, a little blog on YouTube under the Ill Text channel, I L L T E X T one word, and I was working managing a vegan restaurant in Oakland, California. It was a little kiosk restaurant inside of Whole Foods Market. And it was like this big kind of downtown Whole Foods Market in Oakland, uh-huh. lots of crazy people from Africa and all over the world and shit. And, um, this, I started doing f- segments about food and especially raw vegan food. Cause I was inspired by where I was working and I was preparing a lot of different stuff and making raw chocolate.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And so I started like doing these videos of me preparing foods and I was working on my with my homie Pachao, who's the other cat from the show, Paul Bancroft, who was my co-worker at the restaurant. Me and him would like freestyle before work sometimes and after work. And we started working on some music together. Me and him formed a group called the Colorful Kids. And one day we were coming off of work and we were going to the studio to work on a Colorful Kids track. And I was like, yo, yeah, 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 we just bought. We're, we're going to go into Whole Foods and get some snacks. Let's do a quick video about healthy snacks and tell the people on YouTube what we like to eat that makes us feel good. So this little minute and a half video was me and my homie talking about healthy snacks and what we like to eat that keeps us sustained and feeling vibrant. Uh-huh. And it went into a bunch of, like, my boy likes to speak in, like, what we call, our language is called Breve Nation or Brieve Nation, which is, like, shorten up your sentences, chop up your sounds. So you make all your words as short as possible. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we, we want to eat the yeah, goat caught, bears and the and the blue bears and the pineapps and just like shortened up words. And
1: uh-huh.
2: the, the video got seen by YouTube and YouTube messaged me and said, we, we, see, we think your video has viral potentials and we want to partner with you. 60 40 split and we'll push your video. Dang. So I, I signed an e contract with YouTube and like in three weeks or a month, it went from 1200 plays to 12,000 plays. Dang. And I was getting like little, little comments and shit. There's one line about local organic bananas in Oakland and over and over, everybody's like, where are their local organic bananas in Oakland? So all these comments about really local organic bananas in Oakland, Yeah, I don't know. But (laughs) one of the comments on the video was like, hey, my name is Dominic Russo. I'm the producer for Workaholics. And my homie showed me this video, and I think you guys are awesome. And I want to talk to you about a possible TV show. Hit me up. Dang. And at that point, I hadn't seen Workaholics. I didn't even know what it was. Uh Uh-huh. So then I started checking out. I was like, well, this is this funky stoner show about people that work and shit. Like, this is funny. So then I started looking. at. It. I was like, well, this is like a number one hit show on Comedy Central. Yeah, one of, big.
0: one of my favorite shows.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I contacted him and he messaged me right back. And, and we got off of message onto a phone call. And then I started just chopping it up with him about like the record label and what I do and the music and me and the homie and all that and he was like wow well now i'm seeing like a whole tv show beyond just some food show with you and your homie and let's schedule a time and i'll get a videographer and we'll come up for like a weekend or four or five days and we'll just shoot a bunch of footage and try to put together a pilot so did that happen so so that happened yeah that happened uh, when I was actually out in Florida, is when that finally came together. So I flew back to Oakland, for and shot like five days in a row for six to ten hours in like thirty locations, all over Oakland and San Francisco.
0: So was this yeah. just? So was this just you guys were shooting whatever you wanted to shoot, or did they have stuff that they wanted you to do, or they just sent people to record you doing your doing your thing? Well, so.
2: As you can see in the video, me and my homies' clothing is pretty outrageous and yeah. colorful, wild. And that's our style and that's like our thing for the for the group, the colorful kids. And when we were performing, we just even splash that color even crazier because people really enjoyed it. And like we'd get stopped on the street like celebrities and people waving to us. And I don't know, it was just it was just fun, like this color. So we started putting the colors on even more.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And um my bad putting the colors on even more no. <laughs> and it's all right. now we're even we, uh, yeah we, we <laughs> that's right that's right, all right i got to smoke more yeah um so, so yeah we
0: so it went, came so up. was it just your guys' original uh, original content
2: right so in the, in the beginning basically what they had us do was just put on our crazy gear and we had like 30 outfits in the car so every location we changed outfits uh-huh. to make it more funky and just basically go to places like the farmer's market or a pizzeria shop or, or just walking down the street and interact with people and try to give people healthy snacks for free okay. and like talk about whatever so that's kind of how the show came about is they were just like well, we're just going to follow you
1: guys do your thing Cool. Were, were people like abrasive? Did they like were easily take your fucking snacks? Or were they like, fuck you, dude. I'm, I don't know you.
0: It, hel- it helps that there's a camera crew. Most,
1: most people were a little bit weirded by the snacks. <laughs>
2: because you know, you're, you're, you're like reaching into somebody's rainbow backpack and you're pulling out some For snacks. For
1: sure.
2: They're it, was like, all nah. like, it was all packaged, really expensive, raw, vegan, organic food from Whole Foods oh, nice. with like labels on it. So it wasn't like we were giving them a pack okay. of trail mix that with a razor sense. blade in it
1: or like <laughs> a mixed drink or like some type of made fucking thing right there
0: <laughs> a mason jar right
2: yeah so yeah we, we just shot a bunch of footage and then they took all the footage and they made all those videos that you guys seen
0: uh-huh.
2: on the uh on the website the website is what's Jud j-o-o-d.com and that's where that's basically where our pilots are and all the episodes and. We've been shopping it around to different places for the last two years. And just last month, there's a company called Gorilla Flicks, which is affiliated with Dick House Productions. Uh-huh. They did all of the jackass movies. Yeah. And they looked at our video, and they really liked it, but they didn't know where to go with it. And they looked at it again, and they liked it, and they had some ideas. So they started to, we started to rewrite kind of like a structure around like a food truck, and the show follows us with like a, a juice truck around a different towns. And we splashed these rainbow colors to people <laughs> serving out fresh juices. Nice. And that was like kind of where it went. And now recently we just signed a contract with Gorilla Flix, and they're helping us restructure. And then they're going to help us promote it to bigger television venues. And maybe we could get it on the new vice network on cable or even vice on YouTube would be dope or MTV two or comedy central would be amazing. But that's like, that's high hopes.
0: Yeah. But But yeah, we have some options. I think it has a lot of, I think it has a lot of potential, man.
2: Cool, man. I'm glad you guys liked it. It's, it's silly. It's fun. It's happy. It's colorful. It's, and the other thing about it is once the show actually gets aired, I'm going to be playing trap a lot. Mafia exclusives, all through the show, so there's going to be like a backdrop of trap music Dope. for the show. That's cool. And I also, I also have an idea about like a, a a segment where we'll bring in producers and different performers and like have like a little stage and showcase music and shit too. You uh, guys can come on, to rock out.
0: Hell yeah, we'd be more than happy to do that.
2: Yeah, it That'd seems like fun. fun. I really, you know, I'm a fan of the Varsity Dropout stuff and hope that y'all are still working on music and continuing to do your own side projects at the same time.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's getting hectic because we're real busy, but I mean, like, it's always going to work itself out for sure. And I think he's moving here soon, so that will definitely help out a lot. We'll be able to, we'll be able to keep it moving. Yes, sir. This morning
2: when we were talking, he was definitely talking like y'all are going to start working on a new project.
1: So Yeah, yeah.
2: Definitely want to put some beats down on
1: that, man. I'm gonna yeah, send most whatever, definitely. Over, I can. Yeah, most definitely. It's gonna be good. We're gonna. We actually got a few things, but we're just trying to keep it under wraps for now. Oh, a few mm-hmm. things, Cuddy. Mm-hmm.
0: Cuddy. You know how we nice. do it. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. All right, dope. Well, uh well. Hopefully, something comes out of that. Out of that show, and um, we're gonna have all the links for that as well as uh, Trap a Lot and your pages in the description
2: um so, man, i appreciate that
0: yeah definitely man and uh, we really appreciate you uh taking the time to come and talk with us
2: yeah, yeah man I'm, I'm i'm blessed to come and talk with you for sure is it cool if i do a couple shout outs on the way out yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely man
2: So, man i like to shout out my homies i'm working on an album with out here called the strong gods and i'd like to shout out my homie xxv just got a beat with locks and we're going to be doing a collab with him nice. after years of trying to pull it together he finally was like that beat is dope <laughs> um, i want to shout out my crew Hardcastle mccormick from orlando we play different shows and so we're playing a little festival called elementrix coming up here in florida in a couple weeks what's the date we wear Grimm- you got dates masks for that? and played dark ass trap music
0: you got nice. dates for that show
2: uh it's uh july 15th All elementrix right like 30 djs friday saturday camping ten dollar tickets i think it's like kind of a local show no big names but it's like a small little accessible cheap festival for folks um so yeah i got the cali boy album the gods album working on the ill text rap album with a bunch of different artists it's going to feature the track with joey on that album and you know i'm just continuing to work on beats and freestyling as much as
1: i can nice man well thanks for coming dude it's been awesome getting to hear all your stories and everything i'm i'm glad you did it i think like your fans will get uh another little window into like what you do and i think that um our fans will get to know you as well and um um we'll have you on again sometime
0: yeah
2: cool man i really appreciate that guys definitely man. have a beautiful afternoon and keep keep dabbing turn up sir
0: Every day all, all right, right man. thanks man. Yep. Yeah. peace peace and boom goes the dynamite boom and I just didn't want to say, and there it is
1: and there it was
0: and there it was uh, that was dope, man fucking I didn't even know that I mean I, I watched we watched the uh, episodes of the show on YouTube, and I didn't know that it went that deep at all until I thought it was just something that they recorded for fun I didn't know that uh it was actually a pilot that's being shopped around, and looks like it's gonna get picked up. That'd be dope.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's like the whole point of doing this, mm-hmm.
0: and, right? Uh, it's to
1: uh, get that info out there, let people get to know these people.
0: Yeah, and he seemed like a he seemed like a really good dude.
1: Yeah, he is. He's awesome. Fuck yeah! And I'm I'm super stoked that we got him on, and I'm super stoked that we're gonna have a song coming out, and we're gonna get you a song with them, and.
0: I know, I'm excited. Know, it's
1: cool, man. It's cool to squad up, you know? It's cool to, like, I don't know. It's cool to, like, collaborate, really. And that's, like, the most important thing, so.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, everybody, go check them out.
1: Yeah, everybody, go collaborate with somebody, too. That's the real mission, you know? Get outside yourself. Go go do something with someone.
0: You're damn right. That's good advice.
1: Yeah. It's just... Natural habitat recording.